0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Your love, cool. <laughs> That's my new favorite song right there. <laughs> Seriously, I really like that. <laughs> I always wanted to be one of them hip-hop dancers. I think that'd be so fun. When I get to heaven, I tell the Lord, I said, I can't decide whether I want to be in the choir and the worship, you know, thing, or if I get to be a dancer. Oh, I can be both. Okay. (laughs) That's what I want to be. I was not gonna share today. Today was Mother's Day and he was gonna do it all. And so I'm just sharing a revelation I'm having, and he goes, oh, I'm not supposed to share. He couldn't get anything. He wasn't getting anything anyway. He goes, you're supposed to do this. He, all only he had come up with his jokes. That would have been fun, though, you know. Anyway, so um, I think this morning is uh, the word that Paul Manwaring gave to me of don't be ashamed of your bag. Pick it up. And he said, God's saying, pick up your bag. And so for this new journey I'm moving in, I said, okay, I'll pick it up. I saw a vision, and I saw it, and it was like, then you help me pick it up. So, Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, for the word of the Lord, and I'm asking, um, Lord, I've just heard over and over that when it goes out, it's not just this place, but that it goes out into the airwaves, and so God, when we speak negative words, they go out too, but Lord, we're speaking positive powerful words of you and so i declare it is going out into the homes and the countrysides and lord that you are moving in a mighty way in our land lord i'm one of those contending and have been contending for years and i thank you for what i'm seeing but i thank you for the more too in jesus name um i was studying um and I don't know if any of you have ever heard the first mentioned principle. But the first princ- mentioned principle is what um, I had heard at first, probably, and like if you want to share with your children and you, you don't want the street to tell them what the truth is, then you tell them. You know, so that's the first mention. What you've heard and first mention is what puts the pathway in your head. Well, I, I, so I knew that, but there's a first mentioned principle that God originated with, and that that just was a secondary thing. And it's this, the things that God first mentioned in the Word, uh, those first mentions are not only the truth, they're the foundation that all everything else grows, okay? So here is the definition. The first mention principle God indicates in the first mention of a subject, Okay? the truth that stands connected in the mind of God. So when God mentioned it, it's the first mention, but it's the truth in the mind of God that will be forever, all eternity. Okay? God makes the revelation of any truth by the Holy Spirit, by the Word, by the Bible, by life, and and walking, the revelation of any truth and and there's a scripture that says it'll get clearer and clearer till the perfect day. I believe the revelation of the word is getting clearer and clearer. We are coming out of places of, of condemnation and believing freedom and adoption and things that, that uh, older generations did not. If you ever read the devotions, they're depressing. As you begin to realize, oh my goodness. He set us free. There is no longer, I'm not that man that it talks about in 7. That is the, that is the unredeemed man, you know, in Romans 7. And so saying that it gets clear and clear as it proceeds to its end or finish. All right? So the first mention in the beginning, God, Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the beginning was a family father son and holy spirit okay so that's the first verse the second says the ruach or the spirit of god or the holy spirit it's a female gender now it's not a gender because god isn't a gender but it is a um what do i call it, it is a feminine root expression the holy spirit is a feminine expression of god okay so the spirit of god hovered like a mother over the face of the earth the earth needed birth creation needed birth and so holy spirit is hovering same jobs it it, sound familiar and then God said, and now it's the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with him in the beginning, and the same was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it was Jesus, the Son of God. And the Word of God spoke, and creation happened. So it's the first mention of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the first mention of a triune God. It's the first mention of man and woman made in his image creation it's the first mention of it so genesis 126 says let us make mankind humans in our triune image let us make them in our image and I want you to hear something today that I've never heard. This was just a revelation to me. But I looked it up in the Hebrew. And it, when it says it's not good for man to be alone, all I have ever heard, and most of the time from men, is well, he, God didn't want him to be lonely. He didn't want him to be lonely. Man needed somebody around, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's not true. Mankind was whole in Adam. It was mankind was whole. But they could not procreate or multiply. And God had to say, said, it's not good that they remain alone or they'll stay alone. We've got to have a way for them to multiply. And so he took the woman out of the man to make a partner to make someone that walked side by side a helpmeet with the man who was her covering, the ribs, all of it, this wonderful place. But it it was the woman who came out so that man and woman now, in the image of God, it took both of them to be the image, in the image of God could be fruitful and multiply. So, the man was created as this covering, what Ron was saying, over this wonderful work of of, of the Godhead in man. And the woman was created to hover over the womb and create life. The woman, the man cannot, I don't care about all the gendered stuff that's going on, the man cannot birth a baby because he wasn't created to hover over creation. The woman's womb was given to her. The woman's womb. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. The woman's womb was given to hover over creation. Isn't that amazing? That is an amazing thing. So in 18, it says, Not good that man is single is actually what it means. One, they can't multiply. So I'm going to make a partner of a suitable ability out of our image, out of our image. So what would cause the image to come forth in the woman? We need to make it after the ruach. Now, sometimes women are too windy. Seriously. And they need to come to a place of understanding something. I'm going to talk about that because I believe that that was a gift Sarah had of learning when to keep her words and i think that's an amazing thing. i want you to understand something about the curses. when adam and eve fell and and there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation on all of it about the weakness of the woman. but <coughs> when it comes <coughs> to, when it comes to a judge of character ron and i are p- both pretty good equally good in that and i can often have intuition, you know, a woman's intuition over things. But I can be so naive when something looks good and I don't see it. And, you know, um, we'll talk and it's like they they had said this to my grandma because she'd gotten really betrayed by my grandfather and just a a, a mess. And they'd say, Bessie, you always think everyone's good because you are. Now, I'm going to tell you, I always assume good out of people. I do. And I believe that Eve was gullible like that and assumed good out of the enemy. He was beautiful. She assumed good. And it makes you have a weakness. And I'm going to tell you that most men don't assume good. They don't. They are calculating and they are assessing in a very good way. It is, not, it is a gift from God. We need each other. And there are times when Ron will assess, and it will bring me back into line. Because emotionally, I'm like, oh, but, you know, because I love. And I want good for all men. I remember John Kilpatrick and other men said, you can't want more for others than they want for themselves. And I thought, oh, yeah, you can. I have. I've spent my life wanting more for others than they want for themselves and then watch them go down the drain and my heart be broken. And Ron would go, you can't. It's time, it's time to buck up. So I believe that there is weaknesses in men and women, you know, and then there are great strengths. But you put us together and we're the image of God and you put us together in the spirit and we're really the image of God. So we're, in the, we're together in the spirit. I'm talking today in the spirit, okay? I want you to understand that. So there were curses. And curses that came on women was pain in childbirth or hard time in childbirth or bearing children or even sorrow over her children, okay? So there was, a, there was an issue for the woman of that. And there was also the issue of a dominant companion. And then in the men, it was poverty, working by the sweat of his brow and worn out. And I'm going to tell you that when Abraham came and God began to bless Abraham and gave the blessing of God on mankind, he removed those curses. I want to tell you something, and I know that this is hard, but I've been a birth coach and I know better. If you can keep a woman in a positive focus and in a positive place, and I'm talking about all manner of things, even if she's going to have a C-section, but if you can keep her in that place, everything is peaceful. Once she tightens up in fear, you have got all kinds of problems. So it's by faith. Once a man gets in fear of poverty, he's tightened by it. You get a man free from fear, and God can begin to release the blessings. I've seen the same in birth. I've seen it over and over and over. My, my job as a doula was to keep people fear away from fear. Not out of reality that the baby was being birthed, but just free from fear. And I can tell you most places you go to, they're going to tell you every negative all day long of what's wrong and the heartbeat and blah, 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 blah. And it's aggravating. I will go in and do spiritual warfare, a lot of times praying for the birth of a child, that there will be no fear. But I'm telling you, and a lot of you have not had babies yet. You're young, young and, but I'm telling you, stay free from fear. Fathers, help your um, uh, wives stay free from fear, and you will have blessing. I'm just telling you. The other thing is, in faith, when we work together, we become the, the picture of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what God did. He released the freedom. Now, I want to tell you, with Abraham and Sarah... The Lord said to Abraham, I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to give you a child of promise, literally talking about Jesus someday. But I'm going to give you a child of promise. This child of promise is coming, and this child of blessing is coming for your life. Okay? But Sarah got fearful for a little bit, and she offered her handmaid because we're getting older. Who knows? Maybe she's getting ready to go through menopause. Who knows why she did it? But saying all that, and Abraham being the compliant man that he is when a woman's being offered him, said, sure. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're talking Old Testament, but, I mean, I can't see too many men going, no, I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) I never saw one in the Old Testament say sorry. (laughs) Can't do it. Okay. (laughs) Because God... (laughs) <laughs> that stopped at the cross. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, what I'm saying is God was this, was, this is how man and woman was made. The woman was doing something that she was made for. She wanted that baby. And so she did whatever it took. And he wanted to please her and did the same because he did it to please Sarah. All right. Now, so we've got two fallible people, but God promised something in faith for them. They were called in faith. For a picture of the triune God. So along comes Ishmael. And God says no. I'm sorry but it's not part of the promise. It can't be. It cannot be. So now he's going. It's only Sarah. Sarah's the one that I promised. I promised the two of you. I promised only the two of you. And it cannot be. And it's only going to be me. But Abraham did things. That I think, and I love, I love the New Testament, Peter talking about Sarah. But Abraham did things that put Sarah, the seed bearer, the womb, in harm's way. He offered her two times out of fear. So all of these times of problems are fear. You see that? He offered her out of fear to those kings. But Sarah wasn't afraid. It says she was not frightened by any fear. I believe after Ishmael she learned her lesson. And I believe that Abraham was learning his too. We're not going to be afraid. God said He's going to do this and we're going to trust him. And the Bible says that she had incredible faith and Abraham had incredible faith. It doesn't mean that we can't make mistakes. Mistakes do not stop promises. Do you understand that all the mistakes in the world cannot stop the promises of God if you don't stop believing in him? The only thing that can stop a promise for you is when you stop believing. Sarah did not stop believing. And I want to read about her because this was, when we were first married, this was my guide for how to live and be a wife. I knew that I didn't want all the arguing that went on in my family's home. I did not want to grow up with that. I knew that I was to honor Ron, but back then, uh, it was a lot of, (laughs) Josh was talking about the Bible Belt, it was really, really religious, and some of the elders of our youth church, 300 youth, wanted us women to wear head coverings, and that went way big for me, because I'm like, there is no way I'm wearing a head covering, you know, we were already, the, the, um, subservient, supposed to be serving women, all right? So they're working on it with us. And (laughs) this is also during the Jesus movement and an extreme time of rebellion in our nation. So it was not time to pick on the women. That's just what I'm going to say. But I said, Lord, teach me. I really do trust you. I trust you. The first year of our marriage, Ron didn't open his Bible. But I trust you because I know he loves you. And he is, And I would go to him and I'd say, you're the head of our home because the Lord said that. And he made you that way. And he'd look at me and it was like, I don't, I don't want to be. I said, I don't care what you want to be. You are. Men, you're the covering of the home. It's not what you want to be. If you're not doing it, it's because you don't want to, not because you're not called to. You are. But it is not this subservient thing that you see in the Old Testament. I mean, Abraham could pass his wife off as a concubine. And and in the Old Testament, women were subservient, and they were considered nothing until Jesus came. So saying all that, here's what Peter called Sarah. Now let me speak to the wives and Peter called by the way Peter's books are this honor everyone walk in humility and submission to all. Do you know if we all would do that we would get through a lot of things. Just honor everyone walk in humility and submission. Now let me speak to the wives be devoted to your own husbands so that even if some of them don't obey the word, and I remember back, back when we began to hear teaching, it said, get out of the way, God will bless them with a brick. That means if you, I know, isn't that funny? I liked it. But, you know, what it was saying was, if you'll get low and trust the Lord, God will deal with your husband. And I watched that over and over in people's lives, haven't we, honey? We've watched it. Oh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, do not, even if some of them don't obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure, godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. Let your true beauty come out from your inner personality. And I'm just going, women, this is for us, not a focus on the external. External's nice to be taken care of, but I'm just telling you, if that's your focus, you've missed everything. You have, because there is not value in your external. It's in our internal. Um, For lasting beauty comes from a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is precious in the sight of God and is much more important than the outward adornment of elaborate hair, jewelry, and fine clothes. Holy women of long ago had set their hopes in God, beautified themselves with lives that lived in deference to their own husband's authority. And I knew then, let Ron lead. Ask him, he always has the final say. I'm just telling you, he has the final say. It's always been wonderful because I trust God and I trust him. I do. I have a wonderful husband. And it says, um, for our example, Sarah devoted herself to her husband Abraham and even called him master. And you've become her daughters when you do what is right without fear. No fear. The key to the promises, the key to the freedom from curses is no fear. That is, that is it. The blessings of Abraham are by faith. Faith and fear are opposites, just as love and fear are opposites. God has promised us by faith prosperity. That's for all of us because we're all children of Abraham. He has blessed us, blessed children in the city, blessed bread baskets, blessed everything, blessed over our enemies, blessed. But what was the key to all of those things? It's not just faith. It's no fear. It's no fear. And what made Sarah powerful was she had no fear. She was a strong woman. She didn't fear those kings. She didn't fear. And then God took. Her and Abraham because God said it's in Sarah that the seed will come. I have made Sarah this woman of faith. And in her I will birth the promised child for all generations. And I believe Sarah is a picture of what God wants in us women. Exodus 20 Okay, these are first mentions again. This is all first mention. Exodus 20, 1 through 18, it's the Ten Commandments, first mention. First, the first uh, four commandments are this, and I want you to hear them. First mention, honor me. Honor me. Second, love me above everything else. No idols. Love me above everything else, no idols, nothing. Worship my name. Don't just defame, you know, we've always had, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. He was saying, honor my name, worship my name. Worship it, first mention. And a holy day, and it says, a holy day given to me. He made us, and he wants to walk with us, and he gave us a holy day. I'm not talking law here. I'm talking grace. And the holy day is a rest with him, and it is a physical day of rest. I am going to give you an example. Chick-fil-A and um, Hobby Lobby are some of the most prosperous businesses. Chick-fil-A has honor as its standard. Have you ever gone in any Chick-fil-A where people are not polite and wonderful? I mean, it's amazing because they have a work ethic. Why? Because they give a holy day to the Lord. And God says, okay, now I'm going to bless you. He wants to pour out on us on that day. And if you have no day, your bodies will suffer. And if you have no day, your faith will suffer. He wants a day for himself. And he made it for us because he loves us. So those are the first four mentions of God, okay, and our relationship with him. The fifth is the beginning of mankind. And it says... Honor, make important, boast about, glorify your father and your mother. And I looked up father, and it means shelter, head, cover. And I looked up mother, and it said the bond of the family, the heart. And and he said, fifth commandment, first mention, honor them. Give them honor, and here's the promise. Remember, we lose some of these if we have fear. Here is how we will lose, that your life will be long and blessed in the land the eternal God has promised to you. I can tell you that's why so many people are wandering, going, I don't know who I am, and I don't know where I'm at because they've not learned honor. And I want to say that our generation, Ron and mine, was in a terrible time of upheaval and dishonor towards parents and situations was so deep in the 60s. It was, it was terrible that it became more important to get what you wanted and dishonor your families. And I believe abortion was birthed out of that. I believe that the womb of the family was destroyed out of dishonor. Because the fifth commandment, the one that would have taken our nation into wholeness, was literally thrown on the ground and trashed. And then you began to hear nobody can tell you what to do. Even now, you can have abortions without parental permission. There are so many things now that you can do that God is going, oh my goodness, if you just go back to the promise Your life will be long and blessed in the land the eternal your God has promised you. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you want to look at first mention, they lived in families, too. I just want you to see that. You know, Jacob wandered for a while, but he ended up back with his father. You know, over and over and over, God moved in families until he moved all the families of Israel to Egypt but he moved in family lines. And I believe that, I think, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but we were talking about our culture, and I said, I love, I love the Italian cu- culture, and I love the, um, oh, the Mexican culture, and some of those were, you know, I mean, they could have wrote that song about Mama, you know, but there, there was a strong respect and honor and Papa and, and Mama. And, and there was a strong respect and honor. I didn't grow up in that culture. And I until I started watching it on the movies, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Lord, restore that back to our land. And he said, when I restore it back, you'll see abortion end. When I restore it back, you'll see the heart of America begin to be healed again. Because the heart of America is going to be healed. And it's Ron right and my call in the family. And so our battle has been... To see this come about. You will be long your life will be long and blessed in the land the eternal your God has promised you. I'm moving. I'm moving to bring back honor to the mother and the womb of this nation. I'm moving to bring back honor to the heart. I believe that that unplanned is, is working to bring honor to the womb. They showed an ultrasound, a largest crowd ever, they, I mean, over and over. And Abby Johnson, the one that had, had walked in all of this, was willing to let her life be vulnerable, and she's now having her eighth child. What is grievous to me in our nation is fear fear about money. I don't have enough income. I'm not, I'm not against women working. Some of the best, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, some of the best situa- situations our mothers had to work. One was John Kilpatrick and his mother was just wonderful to him. And I was just re- reading T.D. Jakes and I don't even know if he had a father, but, 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 but mothers. And he said his mother was his best friend and counselor. And when she died, he did not know how to walk. And I'm going, God, restore back love in our nation. Because the heart is broken in our nation. You guys, I have been all over this nation. And we've walked through some heartache. It is nothing. Our heartache is zero compared to what I have been exposed to and shocked. I don't even mention it because I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. What heartache. God is on the move and about to restore. And you guys, we're going to get to see it. Where we have seen so much changing, we are going to get to see it. I want to talk about Mary because it's, again, first mentioned. Remember, in first mentioned, there's there's a picture. Abraham, Jesus, son of David. But it was actually the lineage of Abraham and Sarah. Jesus came from the womb, or the heart of the woman, to heal mankind. Luke tells about the lineage, Mary's lineage. And this is amazing to me, because they do not tell, in the New Testament, they do not tell women's lima- lineages, but they had Mary's. And, and I knew that Mary's mattered. And so here is the, um, the lineage of um, Mary. It says the, the genealogy of Matthew 1 is Joseph, Mary's husband. It's very, very obvious. And it's trying to show how he legally is able to be uh, in the line for the kingship, okay? But Joseph's lineage was disqualified through a king named Jeconi uh, in the Old Testament and the reason why is because he was he had become such a wicked king that he got disqualified and so joseph's lineage had a block in literally genealogy because he had no children either and so there was a block but there was no block in mary's genealogy for Jesus to sit on the throne of David. Mary's descent from David comes through his son, Nathan, which I knew I'd looked all that up at one time, not Solomon, to fulfill his promise to establish David's throne forever. God honored Nathan by making him the ancestor of the promised king. How did Mary transmit this lo- uh david's royal inheritance the right to the throne to her son since all inheritance had to pass through the male line according to israel's law when a daughter is the only heir she can inherit her father's possessions and rights if she marries within her own tribe which she did there's no record record that mary had any brothers to inherit her father's possessions and rights and thus joseph became heli's heir And Heli was the name of her father, not Joseph's father. Joseph's father was Jacob, but because they couldn't mention it, they would say he was Joseph's father. Then Joseph became Heli's heir by marriage to Mary, inheriting the right to rule over the throne of David, even in Judah. And it's because he was his son-in-law. Jesus was Mary's son, descended from Nathan. Jesus can inherit rule over Judah because of Mary's marriage to Joseph, whose genealogy shows he was Heli's son-in-law. Now, I just want you to say this is first mentioned again and a redemption of womanhood and all curses of domination and negativity over women. And so here's the final mention by Jesus. The final mention. Jesus is on the cross. He's been beaten. He's gone through all of these kinds of things. They they are doing lots for his clothes. And he looks down and he sees his mother. And he says, Mother, beloved woman, here is love right here in this son that will take care of you. Okay, we're looking at final words. You know, first mention, final words. Jesus' final words were, first of all, to care for his mother. Honor your father and mother to care for his mother. And then his next words were, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. It is finished. So his final words were to mother and father. These are scriptural principles of first mention in the Bible. Um, Ron and I years ago, and, and you all know it, had the call put on our lives to see the restoration and, and I marched I marched against abortion early early on and we were praying and fasting twice a week back in 1973 when a Roe v. Wade was legalized and we have fought the good fight of faith I have not given up you've never heard me say it's not going to change you've never seen, seen me lose hope and the Lord told me that a man was coming into office that was going to begin to restore godly principles back to us and it was in Je- Jeremiah 30 that he told me that and gave me that promise and I knew I was in Israel at the time and he gave me that word in Jeremiah and I knew I did not know who it was I did not know the candidate I did not know the name of it and then you know we walked through you know is this one it and it a cruise, or you know we went, went through all these candidates and then God appointed a man a Cyrus into office who is now not only did he answer prayer not only did he answer prayer and this man is pro-life and beginning to fight against abortion like we've never seen he's answering prayer of uh, putting a boundary line up so not so we can't have immigrants but so we can have them legally and our nation can be protected and that was at one of my prayers of intercession I had done that at when we went to the call and then the uh, and then the, the third one which just is, is amazing to me, is that r- right now Jerusalem is the capital w- recognized by the United States of America, and we are allies with Israel in a way we haven't been I don't know if we've ever been allies this deeply. And I just go, thank you, God. I mean, he's been to the he's been to the wailing wall. And I mean, it's just like they I think Netanyahu, which was another answer to prayer. I'm seeing in my lifetime so many answers. It's not funny. And so I'm going where we'll see the end of abortion too. But I believe the Lord told me it's simultaneous with this call on our lives. And it was Malachi four six. The Spirit of the Lord is going to call the hearts of parents to their children and children's hearts to their parents the wisdom of the wise, the mindset of justice and goodness, or else, and we've already seen this, Or else I will come and strike the land of promise. Now go back to the Ten Commandments too. And that commandment about living in the land. I will strike the land of promise with a curse of annihilation. We have had, I don't know how many, at least 50 million aborted babies that did not get to see the promised land. They were annihilated because of where we're at. And I'm going, God... I said, you know, I'm at the place of going. Do you want Ron and I to go on? Do we want? Are we supposed to keep moving on? And then I told you I met Paul Manwaring, and, him, and he said, "You pick up your bag." He said, "A lot of it. You don't want to pick it up, and the Lord says, pick it up." And I'm telling you, it's time for fathers and mothers to fight for family and to fight for generations. It does matter what your kids learn. I don't care if there's a homeschool movement, I think it's a beautiful movement, I do. But if you've got your kids in school, you know what they learn. And make sure they're learning about creation and reading the Bible. And you instruct them because the Bible says clearly. And see, John Kilpatrick and all these other mothers, they instructed even though they had to work night and day. Uh, ben Carson was another one. They instructed, they were their instructors. They made sure. And that's the hovering of the mother, it's the call. Don't leave your responsibility of the womb up to someone else. And don't ever leave the responsibility of your womb up to someone else without knowing what's going on. And that's where I'm going. God, raise up a standard in our land. I believe we're in an hour, you guys were going to see an overturn. I believe that the heartland of America is going to be changed. I had a word given to me. It was in 2000. And I'd had a dream, and uh, some of you were at this church, but I'd had a dream about the heartland of America, and I saw revival in the heartland. I saw it in the cornfields. I saw it, and then I read Ruth Heflin's book, Revival Glory, and there, my dream was in her book, and so I go out to see her. I was with Hannah and Trent. I think they were just married. You guys just married when we went out. We went out to see her, and I start telling her my dream, and that it was the same as her book, and she just put her hands out on me and said, "You will live to see revival in the heartland of America." And I fell out. And when Chuck, uh, Ma- my mayor was here, he he was sitting I was sitting in that front row and he said I see the anointing of Ruth Heflin on you and I thought revival of America you're just confirming I mean I've never had anybody say things like that before and I was like because you've got a call on our lives you guys we didn't I didn't homeschool my kids for no reason I didn't push for these things for no reason and it was because I want to see the end of these things I hate the destruction of families I hate all the orphans in this." nation couch surfers and ones that do not know their mothers and do not know their fathers and do not have anyone that cares for them you guys it's us and we may hover by prayer or God may give you something to do but it is now it is now this call is not something past because I'm 65 it's now it's a call so there was a word on the Elijah list, and um, I don't know, somebody told me about it. I think it was Marty. But I felt like, again, it was the confirmation. And it was um, Re- Rebecca Greenwood, and she's an intercessor with oh, all kinds of things, and Chuck Pierce, and, uh, but she had had a vision of America, and this was her word. There will be an unlocking of original covenants in the land that will cause the nation to shift into righteous covenants as this unlocking occurs, it will pave the way through 2019 into 2020 and the four following years, 2020, for continued and increased righteous governance. And that to me is that covering of the men, that's that push in the men, that place righteous governance in the White House that will lead this land, This government will continue to decree righteousness through alignments with key nations, standing for life of the unborn, the supporting of Israel, and the belief in Christian values and prayer. It's what this nation, it's the war that this nation fought on. And it's who we are, and we can't give up our heritage. You know, it's like... Uh, You know, you may give your blood, but don't give it for nothing. Come on, that we have a heritage in our land. And so then this was about us. And then uh, he brought the focus to abortion, and he said abortion will continue to be dealt with state by state. So you guys, we have a battle over our state, region by region, a grassroots movement of states that will stand for righteousness. This is just beginning. He further revealed that as we begin to advance from now through 2024, that's not very long, into 2025 there will be 28 states that will shift abortion legislation to righteousness in which unborn child will no longer be considered a fetus but a human life legislation will begin to shift in these 28 states to the stance that abortion is murder and illegal once the heartbeat is heard in the mother's womb. In many of these 28 states, I could even see a newer wave of legislation being written. The language within this new legislation will be, life begins at the moment of conception. You know, yesterday and Ron's been been being nice to me, but we were out uh, getting we no we were out getting these these we were looking for doors. We we're gonna have a patio door or something, so we we're looking at that and and uh, we didn't have time to stop at the pound in and Spencer. So I was like, "Could we just stop by the pound in in um, Bloomington?" So we did. You know, he's been being nice to me. Okay, let's go look. You know, so I'm looking. And you guys, this is a travesty. We can kill a baby on the table. We can kill a baby after it's born. And now they're talking about clear up until uh, birth. Uh, You guys, this is worth war. This is worse than slavery. We're killing them. And yet, I go to those places, and they want to make sure they do a whole survey on your life so you can adopt a dog. And I love dogs. I do. I think this is really cute. I wouldn't mind one like this. I do. But they are not people, and they don't carry the triune God in them. And I am going, how in the world did we come to this? Ron goes, he, he told me, now I don't know if it's true, but he said, you know, it's even come to the point where you can get put in prison. Would you tell me? Yeah, but it was like you incarcerated for shooting a dog. And, I, you know, I'm not for shooting dogs. I'm not. But I'm telling you, people can abort babies every day, and it's legal. Babies were created in the image of God. Dogs are a wonderful creation of God. They are. I think all God's creations are amazing. But I told Ron, I said, how did we get so upside down? How did this happen that we got so backwards? You guys, we need to pray. We need, there needs to be something in us. We, I know that we got to be careful to be politically correct so that nobody be upset with us. But if lives are at stake, something has to be said. I believe this is why there's such a gender issue, too. Because if first mention is male and female, and God didn't change it, unlike the one I was, so I'm going to change to the next one. You know what? When there's no foundations of the Word of God in anybody, they can do whatever they feel like doing. Each man did what was right in his own eyes, and we've gotten there in Judges, and it's scary. And we've already lost a lot of land. And I'm going, not on my watch. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And this is the final word. This was um, about us, the heartland, a season of grace and breakthrough. As the vision continued, I could see and was made aware of the focus of the next five years. It is a season of grace and breakthrough. I noticed that every region where the Lord had positioned himself over the map saw changes. I saw that within the five years, the dark grip of the deep state, the demonic grip of extreme agenda to condone death of the unborn and establish socialism in our nation lost its grip. I was able to see that the heartland in the center of the United States, there is a stake of truth and righteousness. That is being driven into the land by the Lord. As it was penetrating the land, it caused the heartbeat of the Father for this nation to be awakened within the people of this land. The heart of the land began to beat again in rhythm with his purposes. In the next five years, as the pillars of unrighteousness come down, We will see God's kingdom purposes established in the heartland. This is this. You know, it feels like I want to say this is your assignment if you choose to take it. (laughs) I do. Because you can go well until you face something, but it's not a well in our land. God cares. Now, I believe it's going to get better and better. I do not believe darkness. I just heard, and, and this, is a, uh, this is a demonic doctrine, that things are going to get worse and worse. It is. I agree. I think Chris Valton's the one that was saying it, but I'm going to tell you, I just heard from a large church, oh, the old devil's just winning. I'm sorry, but not on my watch. And Jesus said it's finished, and he'll never win. He'll never win. Somebody needs to stand up and say, no way. Let's stand. No. I'm going to pray, and then Ron's got a fun little thing we're going to do. Father, you know I didn't want to do this today. But I do want to do what's on your heart. I ask you for courage in every man, woman, and child in this place, that we would take a hold of your truth, of your righteousness. We would take a hold, and we would cry out, believing you, declaring, not just, not just crying out, declaring, your kingdom come, your will be done. So I declare over this word. I declare over Indiana. I declare your kingdom come, your will be done. Establish your works in our land. Reestablish, Lord God, honor in the family. Reestablish, Lord, words of honor among people of all races, sizes, and gender. Make us a loving, honoring people. But Lord, help us not to compromise at the expense of truth. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. You heard us today in our worship. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the miracles. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message.